1: Welcome to the NXT 2.0 <laughs> review. I'm Adam willborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamblett and Michael Sedgewick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, <laughs> make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT 2.0 but also Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. With a brilliant quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Havrela and Cedric to review NXT 2.0. And uh, it's fair to say, Havrela, that was an, an eventful show, wasn't it? It's Wednesday, right? We know what happens on Wednesdays. We get together,
2: we preview the wrestling show that we hope is going to be really good. A show that, is at the moment feels like it's in a slump. No spoilers, but it's looking like that show's going to be pretty amazing. But it has to be, to top what we got last night, because NXT is back, baby! We got um, a match that promised to be good, that kind of underdelivered before I finished it, and a conclusion that people are going to be talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks and months, and are going to put on um, Twitter retrospectives of when Korea slash brands slash lives come to an end in WWE. It, a remarkable set of circumstances, and the type of carnage and banter and chaos that I think this has eluded this brand for the last few weeks. I was glad to see it back to in inverted commas, best last night. I mean, I
3: can't help but harken back to December 18, 2019. <laughs> A, <laughs> A date you inv- were living in for me. An infamous date seared into the memory of wrestling fans where you thought you... Th- is the thing we really start to like dead. And then, God damn it, January 1 comes out. Oh, everything's <laughs> going to be okay. I got that exact feeling of relief of, oh God, it's rubbish again. <laughs> it's actively interestingly rubbish again NXT 2.0
1: yeah the fact that you can go you can go into talking about this show and go well we've got to talk about the uh the change they've made for that wrestler and you don't know which one I'm talking about yet <laughs> we've got, we got a couple we got a couple on this show um yeah, it didn't really matter. I, I really quite enjoyed the main event, but let's be honest, it could have been a five-star classic and it wouldn't have mattered considering the, the post-match. But it will, wasn't.
0: <laughs> we yeah. will get
1: to that in due course. Uh, like you say, it's, uh, the show's just all over the bloody shop, though. Uh, I like the way it opened. L.A. Knight getting this hero's reception. He comes back and I was like, oh, thank God, L.A. Knight's back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, he, he pulls up
1: crowd are popping. Everyone's like, hey, look who is LA Knight.
2: <laughs> I felt like I'd missed five weeks of telling. Yeah. <laughs> you know that time that uh, I, I know you know that time because it's one of the absolute favourites, but the time The Rock takes ages to get to the building because mm-hmm. of he's insulting various people. This is the first time that LA Knight hasn't like aped The Rock completely because he goes up to Broggs and John Ronson. And he's like, go on guys, kill it in the Dusty Cup tonight as if he's like NXT 2.0's biggest fans instead of doing what The Rock would have done and just
1: buried them six feet deep for being complete losers. And then saying something along the lines of, Hey, 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 you are right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he walks through, he comes out and like you say, he gets a call from him, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> but he's going to get- hes rubbish. Eleanor, he's
1: he's crap.
3: Yeah, but he's also good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't get it. Ever. So he says he's going to get right to business. Uh, He says, Grayson Waller, go ahead and bring your scrawny ass out here so I can finish what I started last week. No sign of Grayson Waller. So he starts talking about their history, talks about Halloween Havoc, where uh, Waller tried to sabotage Knight. uh, And then Waller did one cool move at War Games, still couldn't get the job done. And then uh, next week, Chickadee turned him down in favor of LA Knight. And that's because she knew he couldn't get the job done. What's he referencing there?
3: Couldn't get his cock hard. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't get his probably short cock hard or indeed make it (laughs) come.
1: Cheers, to us. Uh, right. <laughs> Out comes Grace and Waller, but he's carrying with him an envelope. Uh, he's got a restraining order against La Night. LA or Knight. her, come? <laughs> <laughs> I can't touch him. Um, he said, "Look, I can't touch an it. Love <laughs> nothing more to get in there and fight you." I told you, I had a mate who called it it. Oh, oh. oh my god, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> He'd love nothing more to get in there and fight L.A. Knight, uh, especially after what happened last week. As if it was God. <laughs> but, but, it's such reverence that it
3: just... You didn't need a synonym or, in fact, directly call it. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still remember our... It was one of, I think it was one of our Christmas specials. Yeah. Where I told, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> told the story about the bloke. He's with a lady and they're necking. And then he goes... Get your mini out! Oh
3: God, <laughs> God no, 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 no! no. Oh, uh,
2: no! I'm so glad that isn't a visual one because you have to kind of brace yourself, and I get it as well. Like you have to brace yourself to say that one, and your face sort of changes with it. <laughs> oh, right. oh man, I've got a great lad
3: story of your mates, all about the karma, right? In I'll, it's not repeatable on the podcast, <laughs> obviously. So after we record, we'll put it on our Patreon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so uh, yeah, Grayson Wallace wants to fight in the fighting, but he's after what happened last week. His lawyers have advised him um, that this is what needs to happen. Uh, he pops the the envelope on the side of the ring and backs off quickly uh, and says that if La Knight gets within fifty feet of him, he will get arrested immediately. He's about twenty feet away from him at that point, but regardless, um, uh, La Knight says, "Well, this is this is impressive. This is big for you." Uh, he says, "What do you think?" To the crowd, and they boo and chant. Rip that shh. Um, and uh, Waller dares him to do it, and he, and he goes, oh, I don't need to do that. I've got something better. You may have a restraining order against me. How on earth he would know that in advance? I've no idea, but still. But you <laughs> haven't got a restraining order against him. Dexter Loomis' music plays. Grayson Waller backs off. He's staring at the entranceway. But of course, and, uh, Dexter Loomis is under the ring. He slides up behind Waller, uh, attacks him. And uh, Knight says that he can either lift the restraining order or face Dexter Loomis. He's getting his ass kicked either way. And we go to break. What do you make of the uh, the opening of this show, Hamlet? Preposterous,
2: garbage, fluffy, preposterous nonsense, um, in which you are given the match set up through a set of circumstances that are not remotely believable. Eli uh, Knight has, as you pointed out, either forecast the restraining order, or forecast a situation in which Grayson Model would definitely interrupt so like, well, I've got, I can top your interruption with an interruption of my own, and I've buried him under the ring for this just-in-case scenario. Bear in mind that LA I wasn't even booked for this segment, because he's just walked in, like, Steve Austin and the Rock at the start of the show. So how long was he expecting Dexter to stay under there? It's like, Dexter, man, I've got bad news, I'm in Seg 6. You're going to have to be under there in a while. Like, like one of the modern, like, Kurt Henning S. Rivers does it sh- in a bucket. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, uh, Like, ludicrous to think about it for more than a second. But to sort of tie back to what we said at the start, that was kind of the appeal of this NXT to begin with. What I'm finding weird is when we previewed episode one of this show and and Knight was in that main event, all of us called him winning because, like, look at him, he's pretty jacked. He's kind of a colourful character to match this colourful brand. Now he's actually in that spot, they've introduced 20 far more wackier guys than him, and he feels way too bland. From a guy that only got signed in March and didn't belong in the War Games team, he does sort of feel like the closest representative of Triple H's old boring NXT compared to this one. I don't buy it. I don't particularly believe in it. I'm not as maybe sold on his silly promos as you guys are. Perhaps I don't know. Like, you, useless rubbish immune to proper analysis. Yeah, I can't disagree <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> I,
3: don't know, I like him, bro. I just like him. He's uh, He entertains me. Mm. He... When I watch him on screen, I pay attention. NXT is a two-hour show. It's as long as Raw, and I watch it. And Raw's like six hours because I do the same thing when I watch Raw. It's, I've missed some moves here. <laughs> I'm just so zoning out on what's this just mundane, like regimented rubbish that I'm watching in the ring. I th- I miss nothing. When LA Knight's on the screen, I actually kinda of watch him a bit. That's a
1: nicest thing I can say. I I'll agree. He, he's got something about him, but yeah, this opening was preposterous. It's like
3: Schrödinger's charisma. <laughs> like, is he what, what is it? Like, is he compelling? Is he charismatic? Is he entertaining? Or is he just doing an impression of all those things that I just an, don't know? He's an electrifying man in sports yes, entertainment. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, then we go. He's in just
2: like a bit where he like walks the post, and he wants to do the rocking so much, and then just stops himself
1: against it. Mm. Hey, he does that. And he goes, "Oh, that's not mine. I'll make an L with my hands." There we go. There we go.
2: Just do, does a big sniff, and it's the anachronism. Smells like calm. <laughs> <laughs> calm Tuesday.
1: <laughs> Shout out to Grayson, uh, not Grayson Waller, Von Wagner. It's not him. That,
2: hasn't he? It's, it's not him. It's not him.
1: Yeah,
3: He's got 214 followers. I, know, yeah. oh, so it
1: that's <laughs> I saw it, and you know, normally it's like. <laughs> I've questioned whether it was parody or not. You know, normally it's like, it says, My, oh, I'm, I'm Von Wagner from WWE, and then the handle's like, Jeff4298. Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. This one, it's like, it is Von Wagner and WWE, and I was like, yeah. Oh. Guess one, Wagner's Embrace Calm Tuesday. And you look at the follower
2: count, and what was it, like 250 followers or something? You're That's, like, That's
1: a, <laughs> uh, oh, he's the one. Uh, I did
2: genuinely think, it could be him. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Grace Waller's got less followers than I have, and he's not verified. And, and all something. he talks about is, like, his social media engagement well, and yeah. stuff. Not always.
1: Well, it depends sometimes what week it is. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes Bunch it's of chicks and, uh, Yeah. yeah. Chicks in America, <laughs> that's the LTSC for when he fights
2: Brian's Danielson when he signs for AEW.
1: <laughs> right? So we got Grayson Waller versus Dex and Loomis. Uh, Dex and Loomis dominated <sighs> early on, just hit neck breaker after neck breaker after neck breaker, basically. Um, Waller fights back before they go to a break, uh, hitting him with a, a lariat at ringside. Uh, Loomis, when they come back, uh, takes control again. Hits him with a Uranagi, goes for his silencer submission. Uh, Waller manages to get to the ropes, though. They, they go to the outside. Waller cuts him off, chucks him into the barricade, gets back into the ring, takes the referee, and then suddenly a new unnamed man in a dress suit attacks um, attacks Dexter Loomis, chucks him into the ring post, throws him back into the ring, uh, where Grayson Waller hits him with a stunner and gets the three counts.
3: You know when you watch, like, a class wrestler... Work someone who's not as good as them, but the match is still really, really good, and you're thinking, "How do you do that?" It's like dark arts, Mm, master craftsman, pro wrestling, magician stuff. You can only articulate or like explain how good they are when you see Dexter Lumis work the exact same opponent the following (laughs) week (laughs) because this was like no good. It was weird because like just the vibe was like oh Christ, instantly flattened. You have the "Yeah, yeah high energy start. Like a bit of noise, like this weird subversion of a spectacle, relative curve stuff, and then like someone works Dexter Loomis's arm or the other way around, I can't remember already. And it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you got the hottest possible Johnny Gargano
1: had me fooled for a while. I was like, oh, is Dexter Loomis good now? And then he had a man. Freezing cold
2: take, but WWE in the process of releasing everybody that, like, this show required to make anybody look good. Gargano being just the least. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not... I, I don't care about that. Like, the best ones will end up in AEW anyway, so it's all fine. But that is happening. Week by week, it's, that is happening. It's just hot start...
3: I mean, if you didn't like it subjectively, the crowd did. It's hot. The energy's there. It actually, feels like whoa, where the hell did this come from? And then the just the vibe is flattened almost instantly with this incredibly drab Dexter Luma
2: special. He, he cannot do anything really. Like, I don't mean to be horrible to him, like as a as a wrestler because he's working as instructed as most of them do. Um, and the one time he did a clipped and edited dive to try and like jump outside of that box very literally, he injured himself. So I don't encourage that, but. This is who Dexter Lemus is without an enjoyable angle or an enjoyable character or somebody to bounce off, which is what you had with the way for the longest time, as you say. Like you, you start watching it, thinking, this "Is this possible comedy? Occasionally better than that, but you realise that he in fact needed that to be relevant. He felt incredibly irrelevant here. The match wasn't that great, but I will say, again, like the, th- the weird thing about NXT is that somehow, despite especially now that it's totally controlled by the WWE like head crew, as we kind of knew all along anyway, we've said this before. It does try and do normal wrestling booking things in spite of all the wackiness it just about clings on to continuity better than the main roster does um even though it invents characters out with thin air it tries to like then weave them into stories and you somebody beats up somebody one week and then you forget about it for two and then it turns out that was to start a few there's like little moments that Grayson Waller needed a heater even more than the studio we're recording in and I don't think (laughs) I don't think I saw that until it actually happened and I watched that and I thought yes like that that might be really helpful for him and his progression. So, like, I can end it on a positive at
1: least. Got a pitch for a person's name. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. I haven't been Googling U-boat captains or anything like that. <laughs> the wall. Grayson Waller on the wall. That's the wall, brother. You just wanted to do that, didn't Yeah.
2: You. I would say, like, you could, like, see him from the 50 foot
1: that he's got the restraining order, but there's not the space in the dome to do <laughs> no. that. It's
2: the wall, brother, is it? <laughs>
1: Uh, right, we get the uh, the video that many people have seen that led to the surprise match that we were getting at the main event of this show, Walter versus Roderick Strong. It's Malcolm Bivins talking about how the Creed brothers are going to run through the division, uh, talking smack about Imperium. Walter comes up, grabs him, Strong walks up, uh, they have some words, he says he's not scared of Walter, and they set up the match for tonight. Then we get a music video... Uh, going through all the teams taking part in the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic, uh, and it's concluded by MSK saying uh, it's going to be uh, a banger—the uh, first match in this in this tournament—and um, it's going to be like theirs is going to be because they're going to face Jacket Time, I believe, next week. Uh, income Legada del Fantasma, though, and say, well, you know, you won the Dusty Cup last year, but the key point is. That was last year. Now, this is this year. If, if we win all the matches, you win all your matches. Uh, we'll face off in the finals. Uh, and uh, Lee says, you should probably worry about who you're facing. Get through that first, and uh, and then we'll talk. And uh, Joaquin Wild says, ah, that's light work, and, and wanders off. Foreshadowing, mm-hmm. and maybe taking this match a little too lightly.
2: What did he say? I zoned out. <laughs> they just suggested that... Um, Fantasma just assuming that they'd fight them in the next round, and uh, all MSK's achievements all last year. Ah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, like everything I called word for an hour preview. So mm. If you just listen to that, you'll get the spoilers yeah. before you watch the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> time for uh, John Broggs and um, Brian Jensen uh, to take on the Creed brothers in the quarterfinals. The first match of the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic. Uh, got slightly concerned uh, for Briggs when he hit Brutus Creed, I believe is his name, so hard his mouthpiece came out. And I thought, oh, there's going to be a receipt coming for that one. Yeah.
2: It's Yeah. On this match, right, um, John Ronson and Briggs Jackson, they're so lame that like, you, you do want them to lose all the time. Uh, so the Creed brothers become like the de facto babyfaces. And then the Creed brothers work like violent heels. But in general, and this sort of applies to Ivy Nile as well, there's a strange... Juxtaposition of being very, very green and yet like being so rough with being green, you kind of want them to stay green. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. I, the, the better and the slicker the Creed brothers get, and the slicker Ivy Nile gets, the less believable their sh- kicker act is going to be. The I will say this for like Triple H the old NXT would have got this just right, they'd have been on television like eight or nine months, and they'd have earned that takeover spot. And then you'd see them in matches on takeover and be like, oh, they've now arrived at this level. They can do all the hard lad stuff, but they're no longer green. That's never going to happen on 2.0. So when you saw, like, the Creed brothers, like, be a little bit sloppy in their execution, it's like, yeah, but, like, Diamond Mine are just supposed to be roughnecks. They're just supposed to be hard and cruel and all this sort of stuff. So maybe they mean to do it. And I just like seeing the two dickhead cowboys getting knocked all over the shop. So I, I didn't, I don't think I took the narrative satisfaction I was supposed to take from this, but I got a lot out of watching it, if that makes sense. the move where one of them
1: suplexes another one of them yeah. onto their opponents. And
2: they flail. I like it when wrestlers flail. Yes. Because it takes great wrestlers to make that look convincing. I think like anybody that's never seen the Chris Hamrick bump, literally go on YouTube Chris Hamrick bump, and the way his arms and legs flail as he takes this bump out of the ring. But a lot of them are doing it because they're just... Haven't been doing it that long yet, so their <laughs>
1: arms and legs moves. There's like there's a chaos energy to it that I really appreciate. Uh, they did get a near fall. Um, Briggs, I believe it was hit a choke slam, but uh, the pin got broken up. He then got chucked into the barricade, this new barricade that they've got, and it got bent all out of shape by him getting thrown into it. Uh, then the Cree brothers just dominate Jensen. Double team moves, suplex, put in a torture rack, slam down, clothesline when they did they laid the one when like sliding clothesline. Uh, And the Creeper brothers get the victory in advance to the next round.
3: It's weird, because I kind of... Like, with a lot of NXT matches, I just kind of, like, lost focus on a blur of moves, um, questioning who I was really meant to rally behind and what... I mean, there were stakes here. I'll give them that. They've uh, booked a tournament. But I'm still wondering who's the heels, who's the baby faces. Mm. I think I know, but at the same time, I don't care either, because I don't like the Briggs and Jensen or whatever they're called act. And then, like, some moves happen, and the crowd go nuts a little bit, and then uh, when it finishes, like... What's he called? Vic Joseph calls it a banger. And I'm thinking, is this a banger? Or are you just overselling it? There were elements of the chaos that I enjoyed. A suplex over the top rope. A, a controlled bump that doesn't look like it is genuinely the, the the objective. So there's a lot to enjoy here, particularly from the, brother, uh, the Creed Brothers.
2: It was all right. The, the, the cow, it's the lamest the lamest baby faces
1: in all of wrestling I, think oh, I God, can't think we'll of anybody any i dislike yeah. more well
3: they want to shag the lamest baby faces in all of <laughs> wrestling <laughs> which we'll get to soon
1: um, I'll, I'll, I'll do the Dante Chen stuff all together in amongst all that we had a uh, Walter promo talking to uh, Bartel and Eichner saying they've done well here, they're going to keep it up, this is the year of Imperium, today's the day that they start their mission, they dominated the UK, uh, and now it, they continue with what he's going to do to, to Roderick Strong. Well, I want to talk about Dante Chen, because they had a nice little video package reintroducing him, he said, uh, he talked about making his debut way back in September, but the reason we haven't seen him, he explains, is because he suffered a leg injury, there's footage and everything, um... Uh, it's been hard, he says, seeing his colleagues have success from the sidelines. He said his father would keep pushing him to get back on TV, but sadly uh, he lost his dad two months ago. But he's going to make his father proud. He's got a country to sing at Singapore. He's got a country to represent. He's ready to compete. Uh, and then he was in a match with Guru Raj. Following that, in amongst the um, with the wattle promo, which went like thirty seconds before Jig Bloody Hudson jumped over the barricade, attacked both of them. Chen had just done a nice move over the top rope or when Hudson jumped him. Um, he attacks Chen, he attacks Raj, chucks him into the ring steps. All the officials get involved and he screams Duke Hudson that he's back. I thought this was good, this, but it just didn't really match up in terms of like, we're reintroducing Dante Chen and then, oh no, bollocks, can't be bothered.
2: I liked all of this, but for a lot of different reasons. So the Duke Hudson element of it, I might not particularly see him is this rebel without a cause heel that's going to be attacking people. I, I don't buy it yet, but I might do in time. It depends how he's going to get on with that. Um, he's shown flashes and all the various different like guises they are giving him. So this might work for him, I suppose. I like it in general. This does feel like an NXT staple, actually. But we have seen it in AEW as well. The Abaddon and a J J1 springs to mind. I like it when you're almost wrong-footed by the presentation. So you get the Chen video package. You get like a pretty decent story. And then it's designed more for this mm. than him or the match or anything like that. But you've, in the meantime, you have actually established a character, so you can go somewhere with that. Yeah. Um, it's just it's been disrupted by something else. It's you, you are kind of doing two things at once, and I like it when a wrestling company does that. And I really like the video package. This show is the is the like the example I couldn't think of worse to say this, but gimmicks sell t-shirts, character sell tickets, and this was a character more than it was a gimmick. Again, on this brand, <laughs> like they get that wrong nine times out of ten. This was one of the few cases where they got it right. Like next up somebody's, like, going to be... Well, this was interrupted by a poker player. as a perfect example <laughs> for it. So, who might have given up playing poker? We don't know that yet. Stupid, slapped-on gimmick. He was talking about his characteristics, his personality, not what he does for a living outside of wrestling. <laughs> and that's a difference that NXT 2.0 gets wrong all the time. So, I didn't have any complaints with this at all. Yeah, he looked aggressive enough. It was just weird. Like, I didn't know what
3: to take from it, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, it's an incredibly sympathetic story. And I realised the idea is they are, like... Driving that point home faster than, uh, was it Richard and Corey? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Driving it home faster than him. What, him uh, in the car with Gail? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love you,
1: Gail! Oh,
2: Christ. That's better than any WWE from the last 20 years, yeah. that storyline. <laughs> Richard Hillman bearing down on Emily Bishop with a crowbar before like the door like rings and he has to bail. Before he's about to bludgeon like an 80-year-old for a pension book or something. Jesus, God damn it. Uh, Richard Hillman. Yeah. Bring him back. Bring him out the river it's human. So I understand
3: <laughs> that they are driving on the idea you are meant to sympathize My with this My cousin person. Ricky, <laughs>
2: he disappeared in the river in Manchester. We're still looking for that
3: guy. <laughs> You're meant to sympathize with this guy so that you sympathize with him yet further at the same time as you hate the heel for doing this to him on his big comeback. It was genuinely half-decent storytelling this. Mm. But I don't feel anything. I Dennis Reynolds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was followed by Joe Gacy. He's talking with Harland in the back. Uh, He's not mad. He's just disappointed with Harland, who cost them the opportunity uh, to get into the Dusty Cup, of course. Uh, It's an opportunity for growth and development, he says. Uh, And Odyssey Jones is stood there. He's on crutches. uh, And he says, what a load of bollocks you're talking, basically. Uh, And he he says, I appreciate this feedback as your injury? And he says, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And Joe Gacy holds the door open for him and then has a few words with Harland about not being negative and maybe taking care, let's just say, of, of Odyssey Jones. Sinister. I must say that the optics of having a
3: character who claims to be liberal, we know why he claims to be liberal, but strictly speaking, there's a Character who uses certain phrases associated with the liberal left. Yeah, he uses them completely incorrectly,
2: doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you know the author isn't liberal.
3: <laughs> but strictly speaking, a guy who espouses liberal values, whether he's insincere or otherwise, beating up Odyssey Jones of all people, mm-hmm. given recent social media activity, is stupid. Yes. Quintessentially NXT two point stupidity.
2: Yes. I can't really add too much more to that. Like, look, in pure pro wrestling angle terms, you saw where this was going. They delivered it. There's going to be, like, retribution down the line. For oh, God, I hope not. For, uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I hope so. It's so funny. Steve I needs something to do, bless him. But, like, I, you know, Odyssey Jones gets his big win at the end of all this
1: when he's off his crutches and he's recovered. But, yes, not great on the optics. Uh, we get an interview backstage with Brant and Breaker. Uh, McKenzie's asking him whether being NXT champion has sunk in yet. And uh, he says it has. Um, but she asks him about uh, his interaction with Electra Lopez and Santos Escobar. He says he's not interested. He's not bothered by it all. In comes Escobar, uh, who says, I'm interested in you. Uh, you're not ready to carry NXT. NXT 2.0 is going to look better with the title on my shoulder. Uh, Breaker says, why don't you give me a reason to kick your ass? Uh, and Santos looks a bit worried and then says, nah, things are done on my time. You called this, pamphlet,
2: Yeah, Monday Night Raw runs an advert where it's like, sexy ladies! Because they don't yet have the faith in Bron Breaker to be a reason to draw people, which, like, I, I understand elements of it. It's pretty gross. But like, I understand why they don't think yet their champion will hook people in. I don't mind the feud, you know? Like, genu- as, a, as far as first feuds for Bron Breaker go, you look down that list, and Santos Escobar's not a bad shout. You expect a decent match. He's got... Goons Several to, decent matches, yeah. with He's got goons to batter. They did that with, like, it didn't work because the character alignments were all over the shop. But visually, it was quite pleasing watching Karrion Cross knock them about. So if Karrion Cross can be entertained in that context, I have no worries for Brom Breaker either. I just love how they've arrived at Santos Escobar
3: as Brom Breaker's first opponent because they've clearly gone through this roster and thought, who oh, can bloody work?
2: <laughs> oh, he released them all. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <God. it's> <laughs> All right,
3: Escobar, he's going to do a job. <laughs>
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be... Right now it is time for the uh, special memorial service hosted by Tony the Angel over BD Bappins. He's there. He's in the ring. He's, he's got his hat off. He's being respectful. Uh, he's there with a casket and a, and a, a photo with flowers around it. I pissed myself at the photo <laughs> of Beady Bappins, and he's,
3: he looked like he was doing his
2: uh, promo shoot for his failed sitcom. <laughs> In his memorial picture. You know, the whole shrug. It's about like he's retired from wrestling and now he's got a family, but he's a bit shattered. It's
1: called Pete's Done. <laughs> uh, so Tony says, a Dearly beloved, uh, we are gathered here today to celebrate the career. Just
3: before you hit your flow. Okay. In case I forget, uh, what were you doing between 10.30 and 10 to 11?
1: Uh, verbatim writing this Yeah. <laughs>
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to- Absolutely chase your dreams. That's the message of this podcast, chase your dreams
1: because you can grab them. Well, I was trying to write out about him. There's one bit I'm really going to need your help with. because I (laughs) I asked and I still don't know exactly what he said. Um, We gathered here today to celebrate the career of the bruiserweight Petey Poppins. Petey Poppins was a big headed man and he didn't listen to nobody, he says. So he needed to be taught a lesson by me, Tony D. And I tried and I tried, but he needed to learn a lesson the hard way. Just like my cousin Dooley always told me, when you're taking care of business, you got to handle it by any means necessary. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) For the sake of everybody in here, this is going to be a closed casket service. I uh, don't think anybody in here needs to see Pete after I broke that crowbar right across his thick skull, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So look. (laughs) He's he's done done mourning now. We can't mourn forever, right? (laughs) I mean... I'm on to bigger and better things, more important things. I just got beaten one of the most decorated champions in NXT history. So I think it's about time Tony D had a little bit more gold in his collection, specifically around the waist, if you know what I'm saying. The bells. Okay. (laughs) You know what I got my eyes on? Can't remember it for a split second. I got my eyes on the uh, North American Championship. What do you think about that, huh? At this point, uh, the brilliant Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, their music hits, uh, and he turns around to face them, and they reveal they've commended the uh, former William Regal, former William, he's still William Regal, <laughs> the former general manager at William Regals. No, won't
2: be now when he comes back anywhere. he will be called Steve, and all the purists are like, thank God, justice. Never liked that William name. I feel like a frog Fed. on a bicycle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, they're on that perch thing above the ring. Um, Carmelo references Kanye from about ten odd years ago. I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But last week we honored one of, the, one of the greatest memorial services of all time. What year is it, anyway? Uh, I and mean, that's t- like about ten years in front of the usual. Maybe. Yeah, I know. Uh, Williams says, uh, "What's going on here?" I thought I thought we were all boys. Tony says, "Boys? You thought me and you were boys, teammates maybe, but but not boys." I already got my boys. And then he can't remember them. Yeah, we got... Uh, we got... Uh, <laughs> Jerry uh, Jerry the Hat. Sammy the Shark. This is the one I didn't... Benny the Groin. Is that what I said? Benny, I, I heard Benny the Groin. Benny the Groin. And we even got JT a brick.
2: I, I actually... like This is breaking news, actually. I went and I did some digging for all the, uh, the Scoopsters on uh, Twitter. And I found out what happened... Um, they actually gave him the script before this promo.
1: But he forgot about <laughs> it! <laughs> he says, Carmelo, it's fucking poison.
3: It's just business. Poison!
1: <laughs> Trick, uh, Trick Williams, I, I could watch a whole show with these two going back and forth. And Carmelo, these three, I should say. Trick Williams says, look, we know all about your boys, Ben and Jerry's, Mo, Curly. It doesn't matter. They're all skinny. And they all look like Big Joseph. <laughs> 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 Brilliant stuff. Carmelo says, look, if you want to talk business, this championship is my business, and you want to keep my business out of your mouth. Otherwise, the next memorial service will be yours. In amongst all this, outcomes carry ground, baby, to the moon. Uh, is that your chair bouncing or is it your body? <laughs> I can't tell at this point. All these people coming together at the same time. He says, look, he says, look, I uh, I think you'll find I already challenged for the North American Championship sort of back of the line for you, Tony. Um, and Carmelo Hayes. I I, I know sometimes they get the weirdest stuff over. Carmelo Hayes says, why don't you, Tony D'Angelo and Cameron Grimes, why don't you goofies? And at this point, Trick Williams goes, goofies like that, (laughs) which I love. Get that over. Says, why don't you have a match, basically decide who the number one contender should be. And uh, Grimes is like, You know what? I'll fight anyone. I'll fight you, Carmelo. I'll fight you, Trick. I'll fight Tony. I'll fight anyone because I'm a a 220-pound rocket heading to the moon. And as (laughs) he's saying this, Tony D'Angelo tries to sucker punch him, grimes, ducks underneath, uh, and then smashes that framed picture of Beanie Bappins over the head of Tony D'Angelo. The greatest match ever is set for next week. (laughs) (laughs) Look...
3: Tony D'Angelo, he's got this charming, about, charming aspect of him, a charming quality where when he forgets his promo lines, one, he's not meant to be great. You're not meant to earnestly see him as his great prospect. I mean, you are, but he isn't. <laughs> but he has this way about him where he can just do the old Jericho. Mm. Oh, yeah! <laughs> his, 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 his version of that is, no, know what I'm saying? So he knows how to recover. I'm, that's genuinely. I'm yeah. doing a bit, but it's a skill. Like you can <laughs> Benny the Groin,
2: Dicky the car from Weatherfield. <laughs> <laughs> just keep coming up with names, Pulling the puss. <laughs> that's until it works.
3: <laughs> Tiffany the Twat. <laughs> 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 not to be confused with uh, Tiffany Stratton. Just in case get cancelled for misogyny. There, it was just alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony D's funny even when he's not meant to be, and he can oh. recover. He can go with the flow. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams have got no goddamn business being on this brand. They are too cool for it. They are able to come across as legitimately, legit, one of the coolest acts in yes. professional wrestling in that funhouse. It is remarkable. Carmelo Hayes' his confidence, his arrogance, his presence is just wonderful to watch. Like I. He won't be my friend, but I want to be his in that sort of way. Trick balances it with a little bit of comedy. Don't split them for a
2: long time. Don't split
3: them ever. They'll split within three weeks of their main roster debut, which is one of those things.
2: This act is genuinely great. I was imagining them two being on the main roster, being split, and then Trick Williams being renamed like Tricky, and he stood there like um, Tucker was that time. New tights, no entrance, oh. just looking sad, waiting to be defeated. I was like, oh God, what happens here? He used to be somebody. Yeah, they're fantastic, but I do worry about their place in the system because. Oh, Cummella, his are too short. Yeah, like they're, there's too many things working against them on Raw SmackDown to be this, but they've already hit the ceiling and they're being pounded down by it on NXT 2.0. No, they're, they're like light years above almost everything. And I, like Cameron Grimes is great here, but if anything, because, because Tony D'Angelo is so daft, and Hayes and Williams are so good, I wasn't sure how Cameron Grimes really fit into this. There was a time when he used to be daft in a very, very serious NXT. Uh, he's nowhere near as silly as the silly guys, but he's not quite as good as Hayes and Williams. So I, I, mm, I Sorry, like, I feel guilty even saying this. Now look, at like, look at his face. I know, I'm saying it to your face, and I feel bad about it, but, and I like Cameron Grimes a lot, and I dare say the match will bear out his ability. But in this particular segment, I was a bit like, oh, yeah, you're, you're a bit of an interruption I didn't need.
1: Yes. Ad- the advice I would give them uh, is drill the whole week, hitting the cave-in and Tony D'Angelo's hat staying where it was. You know, like in a cartoon where it drops like after you walk <laughs> off the edge of a cliff, caves him in, then his hat drops on his face. Good. That's what I want the finish to be. and then I, I
3: love your physical, impossible, <laughs> gravity-defying finishes. A hat, a
1: hat suddenly grows an arm, holds out a sign going, uh-oh, and there <laughs> Yeah, <drops>. exactly. <laughs> Uh, oh yes, I'm excited to know your thoughts on this next, Michael Sudwick. Brogs and Johnson are backstage. They're <laughs> disappointed, they're, you know, licking their wounds after their defeat. But the says, Hey, look, I it'll wishes. be all right, we've just got to go back to work. And then Casey Katanzar and Caden Carter come in, and say, Never mind work, let's go let's go for some drinks. We're gonna party hard. They bloody love to buy those two.
3: Uh, Wendy Chu. Why are why are they on the show, Paul? Why aren't they why are they on <laughs> the show? <laughs>
1: Wendy Chu uh, was sleeping on top of the loggers. <laughs> great reveal, like really good. And wakes up just to reveal he likes you. And I think it was Jensen or Briggs. I don't it was remember. Jensen, I think. And it, he, he, uh, no, uh, no, no. I like, I like, I like uh, Briggs more. I don't, I don't like you. Uh, he, he, fancies her basically, and the girls just go, calm down, cowboy. Let's, let's go. For <laughs> Oh, my God. As if I needed to dislike this bear anymore.
3: Like, am I meant to sympathize with the seven-foot redneck who doesn't know how to chat up a lass? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. better at him, Then it? Like <laughs>
2: that was. For about think. a year. They don't think about what you're meant to think. They just rattle off crap, tired cliches that you see in like very dated and old romantic comedies at this point. When did she use the best bit of this because she feels completely detached from it? That's why her bit works so well. I, like... Did I uh, st- does anyone go to bed at night thinking, I oh,
3: God, I hope Johnson, Jensen finds love?
2: <laughs> no. Wait. Was it me, or was there, like, a little bit of dated gay panic in this segment as well? No, of course. Like, a little bit, whoa, 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 Like, and then they forgot to do the, not that there's anything wrong with that, that wrestling always puts in that thinks it fixes itself from, <laughs> like, blatant homophobia. When you really funny, this angle is miserable. I don't what This is, like... Last year, a murderer carried away a woman that we weren't sure whether or not it was against her will or not before they got married and threatened the um, guests with an axe if anybody protested. I felt more romance in that than I do in this.
3: Yeah. I, I, I do like you. I don't like you. I don't
2: say I <laughs> declare... Uh, sure. Sure. Is your middle name Gaylord as well? <laughs> <laughs> Just like you... I don't. ain't gay <laughs> God... He's got his bloody cock in a twist, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Does anyone care about the payoff? No. We're not all weirded out enough by the like the, the legit country music festival where people's time was being ruined by the presence of <laughs> WWE wrestlers. Like, imagine you try to have a good time. Can we film this next year? Oh yeah. What are you doing? Oh NXT Two Point no, no, Oh. <laughs> go the other side of the stage. I don't want I don't want to be seen on that show. It's um, all right. Nobody watches. You won't be seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, maybe your friends will call. I
1: don't think they you will. You think Von
3: Wagner's got a better game than uh, Johnson? Yeah, because he's got
2: heart. I yeah. like you, Caden. You've got blood I will. Ga- <laughs> I will guarantee you come Tuesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Well, next we got a uh, vignette for uh, Ulysses Leon and Valentina Feroz. Um They're talking about the the weightlifting and the the jiu-jitsu backgrounds of the two ladies. They're badass women who fight hard and play hard. They said that themselves. Um, They have got different nationalities, different backgrounds, but they say they've got the same goals in NXT. That's the Women's Championship. Um, Mackenzie talks to them about potentially competing in the Women's Dusty Cup. They're excited. In comes crazy Dakota Kai, who says, You're adorable, but nothing divides friendship more than success. (laughs) (laughs) She's, She's saying this
3: to everyone in the tournament's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Feroz> says, <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, like Raquel
3: Gonzalez is just over it completely. What's yeah. going on? You're going to win the Dusty Cup, and I was like,
1: "She's there uh, for us. Says what's your bloody problem?" And Kai says, "Well, I'll make you your problem." It's like, "Oh, okay." We get the match. Uh, Ulysses Leon to at Kai later on in the evening. She's crazy. That's
3: oh, absolutely around the twist.
1: Like but, good, good setup. I thought for like this is Eulissa Leon and Valentina ferroz and here's their backgrounds, and then
3: substitute. Teacher. I don't know why I'm going into the secondary school part my very <laughs> <laughs> specific experiences. But, you know, like, it's crazy. Someone was like, mouth off in class, and the substitute teacher went, yeah, you're nuts, you're crackers, you're round the twist. <laughs> if you keep talking at me, I'll get the attention. <laughs> nuts,
2: crackers, round the twist. <laughs> Love that. That's what a Dakota Kai is. <laughs> yeah. what? You're nuts, you're crackers, you're round the twist. <laughs> I, I'm not sure at this point whether, like, Dakota, which one's more hateful towards women, toxic attraction or Dakota Kai. I genuinely don't know. Like, they're scripting Dakota Kai as... Like, every woman they believe only didn't get, like, Bruce A Richard. woman scorned. Yeah. Oh, it must be bloody her. Why would you not want to get with me, says ancient, like, pickled Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> like, I just, well, it must be because she's crazy. Mm. I just, oh, just And, like, Dakota Kai's so good. I don't, like... I feel sorry for her yeah, every single time I'm she's really on screen.
1: I really pity her, and uh, like, that's not on, is it? She's amazing, and she should not deserve this. No. Uh, Kaylee Ray versus Ivy Nile next. I love these two working together. Um, Kaylee Ray, uh, you know, they trade grappling initially. And Nile sort of fires up, reverses a suplex, hits an enziguri, gets a two count off the back of it. Um, Niall hits Kaylee Ray with the head scissors. Kaylee Ray escapes, fights back, gourd buster. They sort of trade some near falls. Uh, and then Niall got this, like, modified DDT using her legs. And then Mandy Rose comes down to ruin the whole thing. She comes down, uh, distracts Kaylee Ray, jumps up on the apron. Kaylee Ray has a swing at her. Um, that allows, uh, Niall to recover. And when Kaylee Ray picks her up for a gory bomb, Nile counters, cradles. One, two, three. Post-match, uh, Mandy Rose comes in and jumps uh, jumps Kaylee Ray. It's a big brawl. Gigi Doline and uh, JC Jane get involved as well. And uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia Proter come out to, to even the odds. Big melee. Baby faces clear the ring. I assume we're going towards a trios match, but yeah.
3: Um, the thing, he, he, this is the part of the show where you can't have that much fun because you feel like you're punching down. It's like, I don't really want to watch a match on national television when I'm watching someone learn how to bump. Yeah, which I kind of got the vibes of. Yeah, the certain Ivy Nile bumps were like, "Oh, you're still not getting this, really." And it's fine. It's like you're for, I
2: don't know. How many developmental shouldn't be on TV. Yeah, that's, what it is, isn't it's it? just, like, that's the core issue with this goddamn show. Yeah, it's uh, like and Akili okay. Ray is obviously very, very good. Yeah, I enjoyed elements. This same thing. Like it, it is odd that it's the same thing as the Creed Brothers because it almost feels like the theme of the stable led by Roderick Stronger is the complete package. Like, maybe sharpen a diamond mine. I know i has got. Like, this is a Ross Reportism. It's not like like, a coal mine. Ivy Nile's yeah. got got a huge upside. Massive. You, I, I like, genuinely believe there's really something there.
1: Passes the airport test, doesn't she? Yeah.
2: And, like, the stuff that she can do on offense, at very least. Like, the moves that she has learned, like, get that character over. But there is such a long way to go in her development, and that should be fine. And yet, we're, un- unfortunately for her, you're being forced to watch it and accept it. Like, you're meant to see her and Kayleigh for the for this match at least as equals and it's so obviously not the case that it undermines the
1: messaging horland has clearly beaten the crap out of odyssey jones with his own crutches he's told to back off by officials and then gacy just looks on smiling and then michael Hamlet. we get another vignette reintroducing an old character Remember Sir Ray? Well, uh, she's back. She says Twenty uh, 2021 sorry, didn't go as planned.
3: <laughs> 2022 won't either. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> she uh, went to, back to Japan. She recovered both physically and mentally. And she found a necklace from her grandmother, uh, her hero, who gave it to her as a little girl. Uh, her grandmother told her to never give up. Um, and thanks to finding this necklace, it's like a sun thing, um, she feels she can conquer the world. Inside of the ring, she's a warrior of the sun. And she's going to return to NXT with passion and energy. Oh, and by the way, she's dressed like a Japanese schoolgirl.
2: Oh, um, I mean, if it wasn't Sarai, then you would look at this and just think, well, I get, like, I'm back to gimmick, difference in gimmicks and characters. Her little piece of jewellery is the gimmick. That's it, magic jewellery. That's not a characteristic. She's got magic power and it's in the form of jewellery. It's always rubbish in wrestling. No biases across brands. Malachi Black teleports, so that's rubbish too. Yes. You know, magic powers are rubbish. So that's the difference between that and a, and a personality trait. So it's pretty rubbish. Um, do we dance around it or do we just outright say it again? Like Someone needs a hard drive check-in. Enormous problematic connotations that keep coming up over and over and over again with how this brands. Like, you can just extend it ultimately to non-white American wrestlers, let's be honest. Yeah. But um, I was reminded, rightly or wrongly, of jacket time. Of the sense that wrestlers come to America to chase their fortune because they're coming away from the destitution of, like, foreign lands. Feudal Japan. I just think it's such a, a miserable and lazy trope for 2022 wrestling. Um... And it was hard to get away from that, wasn't it? Like, let's be honest, that it was hard to, like, shake that off, even if you were just told, what are you getting upset about? She's got magic jewellery. That's what the thing was all about. You know, like, the, people, I guess, could compare this to the um, the recent comic book. I mean, she's been, like, dropped like a bad habit on SmackDown straight away. But you know the comic book introduction is highly, it's like people just, it's all just mythology stuff. It's not. It's absolutely not. And you know what they're doing. And why are, You absolutely know what they're doing.
3: Why are all Asians pretty much in WWE right now, um, like, Mystical. Yeah. It's absolutely horrendous. And then there was, like, nestled very uneasily alongside that was the fact that Serena was made to look like she was in a schoolgirl outfit, except it wasn't. It just kind of too closely resembled one. Mm, yeah. She has a pair of oversized glasses with the idea she hasn't grown into her face yet, and her wink is filmed in slow-mo to make it look that bit more or less vicious. Someone needs a hard drive checked on this program.
2: Goes right the way back to the Alexa Bliss stuff. Where they think they're walking in the line, it's just the size of the glasses I was like, oh Jesus,
1: away! Oh, mm. Right, uh, Dusty Rhodes uh, Cup uh, quarterfinal: Legado del Fantasma versus the uh, surprise entry into this tournament, Malik Blade and Idris and Nofe. Um, uh, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza are taking this far too easy. Wilde shoves Blade into the ropes, mocks him. Blade fights back, arm drags Wilde, whips him in the corner, splashes, in comes and Nofe, who's a nice standing moonsault, but only gets a one count. So they're going back and forth. Uh, Malik Blade comes off the rope. Santos Escobar is there at ringside and trips him. The referee kicks him out, and whilst he's protesting... Uh, down comes Braun Breaker, grabs him off the ropes, carries him to the back, and in all this confusion, Malik Blade rolls up Joaquin Wild and gets the victory. Uh, coupon buster or whatever you want to call it, a surprise win yet again for Malik Blade and Idris think They commit into this storyline.
3: Well, I'm not. I'm into an and Blade. I think they have something about them. Genuinely, I thought, like, they had a bit of fire. They were really up for it. Um, the likability factor that had the crowd on side, there's a certain energy to this match that I really didn't dislike at all. But they're just overthinking it and overcomplicating it. Um, surely the idea is after Electro Lopez has just completely turned on um, what's his face, Zion Quinn. At the same time, Santos Escobar is being put over as Braun Breaker's next title challenger. Surely the player here is, well, old oh, Del Fantasma, if, if only for a bit, need to look like an incredibly dominant United front who are bad news to the, like, the champions of the, of the brand. And then the, the tag team underlings get beat. And they're not like, it's not like Cutler and Nakazawa who you can't beat. Like they are meant to be like a pretty legit tag team who you're meant to take seriously. I just thought they're doing too many things at once, even if I didn't necessarily hate one of the things.
2: I said on the preview yesterday they could lose this because in their mind, Regarded El Fantasma are completely protected by Santos Escobar feeding the Brombreaker. Like that was a in their mind, that's like a useful sacrifice yes. because you're getting another team over in the process. I agree with Sidric. Like fundamentally, this falls down because the stable is supposed to look strong as a whole. It can't just be the leader getting a shot and dragging up the losers because the losers feel like losers. We see this with the Roman Reigns and the Usos. How much have they been reduced since J Uso stopped being important? And Remember when people.
3: Spend nine months of their lives thinking that Jimmy Uso potentially joining the
2: bloodline was the greatest wrestling storyline of all time. It was going to go somewhere, wasn't it? And Jay Uso was working main events and you were led to believe that they were at least attempting to be on Roman's level. Now they're just loser goons that run in for him and can get beat whenever they want. Mm-hmm. That That's why this fundamentally doesn't work. Um, I also really quite like Blade and Ophi. I, I said this, I think, when they would got through by the skin of the teeth, I think there's really... Something to Idris and Ophi uh, at the moment. I'm watching him a little bit like Triple H when he was surveying those tough enough guys. Good snap, good snap. <laughs> <So I'm laughs> I love like how I'm good he was as well. Like a little bit, the guy with a good snap, yeah, good snap, yeah, good, real good
3: snap. When
1: your ball's hanging
2: out, <laughs> yeah, just undermine another one quick. Punch down because he realized he's found somebody that can do a better suplex than him. <laughs> like, so, like, I'm watching it a little bit too analytically, but there's something I really like about Idris and Ophi, and I think, like, honestly, I think Grizzly and Gret's, these guys is the final. Like I think I think that's the Dusty Cup final. Like, <laughs> Why have
3: I ever watched the MSK dick
2: about being arseholes for three months? Well, I, that's because we review it for a living. Bruce Richard Hates. Yeah. Like
1: <laughs> Legado can cost them and then they can have a little side feud and then MSK can win that and whatever. Grizzly Young Veterans. I think that's
2: I think that's the, the, it's the fairy tale story that is stolen from them by the master thieves. Favorite thing,
1: favorite thing about that Triple H thing apart from him just being an arsehole. I swear at one point he says, Why do you want to do this? And someone says, Like, oh, I've always wanted to do it. I love everything about it. Uh, you know, some this, this. And he says, The pain, right? He says, oh, I like the pain. And he goes, Oh, the fame of it. What do you think? There's lots of chicks in it. And I was like, Oh, you didn't say you didn't say fame, mate. <laughs> I'd love it if he was like, oh, I didn't actually say uh, fame. I said pain. Uh, I'm mean, um, oh, sorry, I misheard you.
2: Your first girlfriend got you over, and your second girlfriend got a job for life. <laughs> so that kind of did work for you, didn't it, Triple H? One of my favorite bits in that, other than. Uh, Good snap. Not a job is, quite for life. Is when a guy who is training, to be fair, throws like a four out of ten uh, worked punch, and Triple H goes, Do that in the ring, I'll tag you for real.
1: All right. Hardest guy in the room. Billy Big Bollocks is it. <laughs> Hardest
2: guy in the room with a leather can go hat. I'm and very, a, very tucked in shirt.
1: Just giving them another idea for a character. Please welcome Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> La- big, one of
2: your big bollocks is hanging out. <laughs>
3: Actually, that's uh, a line from Clifford the Big Red I Dog. Say, yeah. I don't know why we're talking about Triple H on an NXT podcast, because he's got <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got Malcolm. <laughs> and Bruce Pritchard are getting paid the same amount of money. <laughs> We've got Malcolm Vivins cutting a promo, boasting about how it's two for two for the Diamond Mine, and uh, when Walter is defeated by Roderick Strong later, who's shadow boxing, it's going to be three for three. Uh, he says, Walter thinks the match's sacred. It's not. It's a revenue generator. Maybe <laughs> More oh, Malcolm Bivens on my screen. And then we get Solo Sokoa saying that Boa took things to the next level with his fireball last week, the show footage. He's got a bandage on his face. He takes it off. He's all horrible and crusty and burnt and stuff. And he says... Uh,
3: the old Randy Orton. He doesn't care where <laughs> they go
1: next week. They go to war.
3: Cool. <laughs> I love how they're going to war. and It'll be like this really patterned NXT match with a few plunder spots.
2: I, I hate this. I just hate it. Like, you know the guy... It's it's a nightmare when you're you're working with a guy and you're on the team and then all of a sudden he can turn to a monster. I do hope he doesn't literally turn into a demon soul version of himself. Otherwise, he's going to be a right nightmare this afternoon. Just don't challenge him. You know, be like, actually, I got away with my life intact. We'll call it a draw. Like, why? What? How does he think? In kayfabe, this is going to turn out. I've got him here. I've got him. One, two. Oh, Jesus Christ, he's turned to the devil. I didn't <laughs> see that coming. Like I just, I
1: hate the, how stupid a wrestler has to be to buy in a, this. I nearly pinned him, and then he superheated his flesh to a 1,000 degrees <laughs> and uh, I had to get off him. So, yeah. His body, unlike the angle, isn't that hard? <laughs> <laughs> Dakota Kai, Ulysses Leon was next. It's, hey, it's, Dakota, <laughs> it's Dakota Kai in the rings, so she's great. She's trying her best with the Ulyssa Leon, but I just don't, I just hate this Dakota guy gimmick. Just bonkers, basically. Batters Leon, running kick to the face. That gets a near fall. They go to the outside. Valentina Feroz is there for Ulyssa Leon. The distraction allows Leon to take over. Clothesline's nice gut-wrench suplex. Um, she gets a tabletop suplex on Kai for a near fall, but then Kai just pops up, kicks her in the face, and wins.
2: It's becoming um, a little bit played out now, the idea that somebody given a character that obviously they're trying the hardest to get over and failing at. Then goes to AEW, settles in immediately in a role that they're more suited to. And just, even if they're not sort of achieving the highest of highs, like achieve a level that that is worthy of the talent and worthy of the skill. I kind of don't need too many more of them because it is feeling a little bit played out. I desperately want it for Dakota Kai. Desperately. Like I want her to just shed any of this that she hates, if and when she's permitted to, and slot straight into the women's division. As an integral, maybe not a major player straight out of the gate, but an integral. I'd have player, her a
1: yeah, major player. I'd have her in title feuds pretty quickly. I mean, you
2: absolutely could. Yeah. I just like I think there's just there's such value to her
1: that's being, Wasted. horrifically missed. Yeah. Anything you want to say? No. Nah. Mackenzie is backstage with Raquel Gonzalez talking about what's next. She said, "Look, I could stand and complain, um, but you know about what happened and losing the title. But Mandy Rose needed Dakota Kai for that." Don't need to make excuses. I'm still coming after that title. Uh, in comes Cora Jade to say, well, so am I. Uh, she says, why don't we team up? You could be back-to-back dusty classic champions. Uh, and Raquel Gonzalez says, I like you, Cora, but just don't get in my way again. Thanks, but no thanks. And as she walks off, Cora says, well, I'll convince her. She will.
2: That's what's happening, isn't it? Like, I mean, Raquel Gonzalez is doing the old sort of J from the in Oh, completely, mate. Like, it's not great on the Dusty Cuff, is it? <laughs> like, it should still be prestigious even if you've done it before. Yeah, um, They love this in NXT. What was the last one we had? Um, friggin' Drake Maverick. Oh, yeah. And Killian Dane. They
3: like, <laughs> they like <laughs> this one. Will oh, <laughs> bon was desperate for it to be better than it was as well. Yeah. Uh, I remember the those days. Was an
1: absolute banger. It's like for like... Basically play good. clown music at Will <laughs> <Like, "Hey!"
2: laughs> I will say typically it's um, a foreigner and an American... It's like the American, why don't you talk more like me? <laughs> and then the foreigner, like, sort of Americanizes himself
1: or whatever. But, like, but this is just that. I've just realized why they're doing it. I've just realized why they're doing this whole thing. It's not about uh, titles or anything like that so we can get Cora Jade away from the gimmick that is, uh, it doesn't work with her. So she comes out and she's like, oh, I bloody love skating, me. Anyway, but I'll just put my skateboard there and then in comes, um, in comes Raquel Gonzalez with a bike and runs it over. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, my skateboard's broken! The only
3: skateboard in existence. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: they
2: do like a backstage film with Raquel Gonzalez and it's like Cora with a skateboard. She's on the bike and she drives away. You see her from the top half there. Like, anyway, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like speed <laughs> up. The noise. Like, d- like down a <laughs> corridor. <laughs> Sorry,
1: the engine's broken. <laughs> uh, we get uh, Idris and Ofe and Malik Blade celebrating. Bron Breaker comes up and says, look, I didn't do anything. This is all you guys. Uh, nice little moment for them and the champions. And they says, no matter who they face next, they're going to be ready. They run through the mad stuff we've got next week. No DQ, false count anywhere. Solo, Sakura and Boa. Greatest match of all time. Tony DiAngelo versus Cameron Grimes. Three, uh, six-woman, uh, Dusty Rhodes, first-round match, MSK versus Jacket cut time, the Grizzled Young Veterans against Chase University and a special musical performance from the Ali J community. Uh, <laughs> don't know. Don't know. No idea who that is, but still.
2: I just want a, a quick thing on the Braun Breaker celebration, by the way. He's not great at a load of stuff, but he's really, really good at enough that, like, they've given him the chance, they've given him the opportunity. I love that, like, he's got a cage match record that's about as big as Bad Bunny's. And yet he very believably acts like a twenty-year pro. Like he looks like with Malik Blade and Idris just He looked like the Undertaker shaking John Cena's hand. He's <laughs> like, "Good work, guys. Go get some tang time." Well, <laughs> we got we got the breaker rub. Like he's been there five. He, like he's genuinely convincing this guy. I've been in this business thirty-five years. Right, <laughs> my dad was in it. And he took me to shows. I like, I buy it. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know how he exudes that energy because it's it's unearned. But like, it's wrestling. Fake he's it, so he's a bit it. made for any. Yeah, he couldn't
3: be out else for a daft no. wrestler.
1: Yeah. Uh, right, then we got uh, Walter, for now, versus Roderick Strong, um, and it played out a lot, uh, very much the way we thought it was going to. Early on, Walter misses a chop, Strong chops him, gets blocked, and thinks, ah, oh, bollocks. Walter just chops him once, brutally, the noise rings out around the arena, uh, hits him with a big boot, um, goes after Bivins, who's hopped up on the apron following that, but uh, um, that allows Roderick Strong to hit him with a chop block and uh, takes takes control um, as he looks like he's getting into it. Belly two, back drop onto the apron from Walter to take us to a break. When we come back, Strong's making a comeback. Missile drop kick. Tries to get Walter up for the Olympic slam. But Walter gets out of it, puts him in a sleeper. Strong counters with a jaw jacker. Walter grabs him in a sleeper again. Strong escapes. Uh, he hits that um, flurry of strikes, running back and forth across the ropes. And Walter just hits him with one Huge shot uh, that takes him off his feet. Strong gets uh, Walter with a superplex for a nice near fall. It's just battering each other at this point. Um, Strong knocks Walter off his feet with a drop drop kick. That gets him a two and a half count, effectively. Strong attempts to put him in the stronghold. Uh, Walter counters again, chops him down, load up counters here, and then out of nowhere, Walter catches Strong, power bombs him from the sky, and covers him for the victory. But the winner of this match is not Walter. Because he gets on the mic afterwards and inter- interrupts the announcer and says, the winner of this match is Gunther.
3: A quick word on the match itself. Not that it's remotely what people want to hear about or it remotely matters. Yeah, and there was
1: a pull-up hop post this, but it doesn't really matter, like you say.
3: This is a continuation of an not ideal um, development that's kind of followed Walter, the former Walter, throughout... As mainland NXT run, Champa great, Dragunov match sensational. He's had a few matches on mainland NXT before that, like against Kushida and now against Roderick Strong. Where it's like, I'm not getting the full Walter experience here, not by half. I've seen a million better Walter matches than this. It, this is, I would put this at like three and a half star, which because everything must be a five these days, three and a half is like a bad rating. It isn't. I really enjoyed this. But I did feel throughout the entire duration oh, it's lacking a little bit. Like, what well, this whole thing was, this guy's going to give you a, an absolutely incredible spectacle, the likes of which you only get to see when Brock Lesnar can be asked to turn up mm. at your local indie everywhere in Europe and in the UK. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this guy rules. I didn't get any whiff of that energy. Obviously, the work was very good. The struggle, the physicality, the way it was crafted. But I didn't really feel that intangible, oh my God, someone's going to get dangerously hurt. And... The relief of, oh, no, they're not because he hits him in the safe spaces because he's just a great craftsman. Didn't really get any of that, if I'm being perfectly honest. I was genuinely a little bit underwhelmed. It is possible to be underwhelmed by something that is very good. On to the thing everyone wants to talk about. I did notice there was no last name. They've clearly read Twitter yesterday, dropped their arse, and thought, oh, we can't name him after the guy who won simple Google search. lets us know... Was a U-boat commander for the Nazis, Gunther Stark. Gunther with Stark, the full name, yeah. Yes. So no one googled that. Isn't the first thing you do when you trademark something? has oh, not that already been trademarked? Mm. Uh, like, obviously, you check Curs- like cursory checks online. Yeah, I'm
1: astonished that some people are trying to make the argument that they just landed on Gunther Stark and oh, what wouldn't you know it? That's uh, bonkers. Well, it's one of those
3: things where they could have actively tried to take the piss, or they could simply have been so incompetent that yes, there's obviously a registry of trademarks that they check. For like entertainment purposes or whatever, but cross reference on Google to see if it's going to get you in any hot water. Um, Charles Manson. <laughs> oh, there's no entertainment trademark for this. Yeah, so let's just call him that. You would check Google for like everything. It's you have to cross reference. So whether they've been trying to take the piss, and let's face it, look at what someone might have said uh, to a wrestler who's recently requested their release. There's a lot of people connecting those dots. Uh, This company is capable of just no selling awful things, even if it's gross incompetence. It's still you can still be incompetent and insensitive without doing your research or without having any tact, anyway. On top of everything else, my favorite thing perversely entertaining favorite thing about this whole thing is that when I first read the word Walter, I thought. I'm an easily pleased nerd, nerd. It's in all caps. I incidentally think it's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I think, oh, that's strange. And then the whole crack is, he's not doing this on purpose. Walter is the guy's real name. But his act, so phenomenal, so believable, that he could be, you know, Timmy.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Walter, not not all caps. Someone just said Walter to you. I, for some reason, think of the, like, nerdy kid from, like, Street Kids. Or
2: Me and Murray had a full-on, like brawl over this this morning because of scottish stock murray associates walter with like grizzled hard lads i was like nah he's the geek from the beano and he's it's the intentionally soft name given to walter white to sort of create the contrast between the world that he would enter as heisenberg like and he was like nah walter's hard as out so that was always going to be i guess that was always going to work for some and then not for others but then all you would need to do is see him work and be like well i don't care what he's called look what he does
3: But the best thing about all of this is now, whether you like the ring name or not, is that they've given him essentially the same one. Gunther. Everyone, it's got a funny, like, phonetic sound to it. Gunther. It's like a hard guy. And it's like, it's essentially a synonym of Walter. There's no tangible benefit to any of this. It's not as if they've called him a funny name, but they have or like some like a shortened name because you think you're too thick to remember two new names at once and Vince's crazy Common head. in Europe. <laughs> What's he, what, what he's essentially said is, nine, the winner of this match is not Dave, it's Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so like, there's no tangible benefit to any of this. The only thing they could have possibly done here is uh given him a random generic name like Gunther Stark, which actually isn't random and generic after all because it's got a, a link that you do not want. Or maybe you do, Who the hell knows? And you're just going to piss off his fans. It's just the weirdest, stupidest, most controlling...
1: It's just control. It's just control. This is the same company that didn't allow Viking experience, or whether they're sodding called now, to come in as the War Raiders. Yeah. Granted, A, probably because like Marvel Connection, and maybe because it was their name, and you know WWE has to own everything, but also because War Machine was the name of an MMA fighter who beat up his misses. Right. And yet they're like, no, 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 no. You L- can't have that name. We're going to name you after a Nazi U-boat commander.
2: But you can never use any examples as precedents because they just make it up as they go along. There's never, there's I'm no right. consistency to any of this stuff ever. Um, I'm mixed on the change in general because I'm very ambivalent about name changes in general. Like, once upon a time, somebody was called Dolph Ziggler. That was the most absurd rest of the name of all time and he won the world title and they will be blinked twice. One of the loudest pops ever. Like, this stuff does just stick. It'll actually benefit him when he inevitably gets released in six months because the return of Walter is going to be this huge ticket seller for somebody, you know. So like this, long AW, t-
3: please long put term. some weight on again and go back, AW, because he's missing something without the
2: physique. I think. I mean, I've never questioned how handsome he is, but you might be right, <laughs> body wise. <laughs> um, like it's yeah, like eventually he will be Walter again, and he'll benefit from that. So I have no worries for him. Um, he's going to get a surname because they want one and obviously couldn't use Stark. I'm pitching Hausen because it'll really wind up the Dan Housen oh. arcs. You haven't, like, you, like, you won't even realise that Gunther Hausen is a play on what Dan Housen does with all of his things and that'll be really funny. Um, people, it'll, you'll just get used to, like, Gunther whatever. There's going to come a point where he's going to come out in, like, I'll never, ever call this well, I'll, I'll never call him Gunther. <laughs> Remember, when we used to say like going uh, great move from Moxley because like there was a load of like Ambrose Ultras that just refused to acknowledge him. And now I was like, I think the Ambrose is a dirty word now. I love John Mox so much, but there's like a movement g- of people online going, I'm just not going to call him Gunther.
3: This man deserves to be called Walter. His name is sacred. I'm going to call him Gunther because it's funny, but I'll never not think it's a disgrace.
2: Yeah, oh, it's it's yeah, it's WWE exerting control. He's going to come out in like red tights and boots at some point, you know, the, the whole thing, and that will be like, it's very much a Gunther look. Like, it'll get binned when Walter comes back working for whomever, but I, Just silly WWE bollocks. Like, try not to... I, like, I know this will offend a lot of people that take a lot of this stuff to heart, the Walter name change. Just don't. Just don't take NXT 2.0 to heart. He could have worked in the G1 if you wanted. Well, this and this is the other thing, right? He chose to go there. He did choose to go there. And anybody who ever assumed that Walter would just Walter his way to the world title was... As daft as he was. for not thinking. Survivor st- Series. Well, was, was as daft as he was for thinking that something like this might not happen. Yeah. Like, like that's. I don't mean to be, like, cruel to the wrestlers or the fans or anything like that. You sign on with these guys and this sort of stuff could happen. And to be honest, it can often go a lot worse. Mm. So it's, like, accept your lot, serve out your contract if you don't get released beforehand, and then decide what you want to do next with
1: it. You're either AJ Styles or you're everyone else. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, all this completely overshadowed. Like you say, it didn't quite live up to our expectations, but overshadowed uh, and I saw
2: Gunther having a cracker with um, Nathan Frazier on NXT UK. I think those two could really get somewhere.
1: <laughs> just completely overshadowed, you know, what could have been a really... But
3: why is his name Gunther? Oh, now. But, like, why is
2: he just decided to change his name? Like, he's done it.
1: I'm yeah, sure it's, they'll it's definitely go, explain that innit? on NXT But uh, next week. The Marcel
2: Bartel. Probably not going to have to change their names as well. I really hope so.
1: What else you got? (laughs) Let us know your thoughts. on that could it be again next week everything we've discussed goodness <laughs> me on the play uh, 2.0 review on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE watch uh, well, that you can follow all three of us you can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick follow me at Adam Wilborn follow us all at what Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts we'll be back later on today with the AEW Dynamite preview but now, for now my thanks to the Dadly Boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon <laughs>